0: Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. Can we just accept the fact that Putin is smarter than any of the last four U.S. presidents we've had? He might be an asshole and he might be an evil man, but he's fucking smarter than all of them. in another fun friday edition of libservative and it seems like i say this every week but there's a shitload that we missed this week but first he's Corey walsh
1: he is dan griffin
0: Corey walsh is gonna tell you all of the fun places you can you can engage with us when it's not a fun friday and you're not listening to the podcast help yeah, us out we're
1: not here live uh, doing the show um you can catch us on Instagram. You can catch us on Twitter at LibservativePod. You can read the transcripts of our beautifully written uh, monologues on our Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. We're on Facebook at Libservative. And you can find this podcast on any stream. I mean on any uh, yeah, any podcast or stream that you may use. So real quick, give us a like, a follow, a share, a review. It'll really boost the numbers up, get more people to join the conversation, and make this community a hell of a lot more fun.
0: Make sure you tell. Make most importantly, make sure you tell your friends with extreme opinions. We like to be called Nazis and libtards all within the same episode. If we've if if that yes, happens, it's, it's if that happens, thing. we're doing something right.
1: Yeah, yeah. If we got the extremists on both sides telling us that we're crazy, then take it's not some about, about no right one, versus left,
0: Corey. It's about right versus wrong. Don't you forget that. You're right.
1: <laughs> what you drinking today, Dan?
0: I'm drinking a delicious dirty martini that I may have made a little too dirty, a little bit uh, a little bit too much olive brine in there, but salty and delicious. I also have a I don't know, a couple of beers sitting around here for when this is gone.
1: Yeah, same here. I got some uh some atwater brewery. I got some water and I got some Yellowstone bourbon.
0: We're about to get hammered and I mean, talk some shit. Time. Because That's good to me. Okay, what are we going over this evening, Corey? We are going over... We got Freedom
1: Convoy updates. We're got- talking about Trump. We're talking about Clinton and a blast from the past of 2016. We're going to talk about Ukraine because we're all trying to figure out what the hell is going on there. And then uh, some feigned uh, outrage that we both felt. And then uh, going to give AOC some props.
0: Yes, that feigned outrage being uh, this narrative being float- floated around out there that you can't get... Uh, an organ transplant if you don't have a covid vaccine and now that's true but uh it's not really that simple <laughs> and uh yeah we can't forget yeah we can't you you mentioned the durham report right
1: uh yeah i, I talked about the blasts in the past with clinton ah, yes. and
0: hillary and aoc got something you got, right we've got some facebook funnies yeah but well, we gotta start a, with this freedom convoy update
1: yeah you're gonna play the uh canadian national anthem
0: again (laughs) i don't i think i might actually still have it pulled up i do have it pulled up here would you look at that
1: lay it on me dan
0: the epic version so look a lot has happened since we last talked Corey. first of all the ottawa police chief has resigned because you know he quote unquote can't handle the situation Right, which I think is a little silly because it's like there's there's just not a situation to handle. It's it's a bunch of people that are pissed off about mandates. <laughs> I mean that's that's what this boils down to. I mean I know they're you know they're racists and they're horrible pieces of shit and whatever that's else. How you, you write know. them off? Yeah, the media wants to say.
1: Remember we said that like when it was the BLM movements, you write them off by calling them
0: crazy socialists. Oh, crazy socialists. And, but then we, and, then, and looters, then you write off Corey looters.
1: Yeah, looters. Yeah, and then you write off the. uh the freedom convoy that is now gone global you know and there's millions of people involved in it all over the world well look but writing them off as uh white wi- right wing supremacists right wing su- white supremacists
0: before we before we dig too deep i'm actually glad up you brought the comparisons up to to the black lives matter movement because i've i've been i've been giving this a little bit of thought over the last couple of days and i honestly wish uh, I, I'm actually I'm actually piggybacking a little bit off of something that uh, Crystal Ball said earlier this week on on her show with Sagar, which is that you know she kind of got me thinking a little bit about the comparison to these leftist movements, which is that the biggest issue with the BLM movement was that it was just so unbelievably disorganized. It was yeah. it was so it was so reactionary, and you could understand why it was reactionary because of obviously we were in the middle of COVID lockdowns, uh, George Floyd had just been killed, like people were just pissed. And they just didn't take the time to get together and really organize the way a movement like that We did that a hell of a job, though. What's that?
1: We did a hell of a job, though. We did? What did we do? Well, I mean, I was down there <laughs> in the protest. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I don't know if you were, but I was like, we did a hell of a job.
0: But, I mean, uh, don't you think that's a lot of why, like, it, it came to this, you know, these these yeah, factions and these opportunists <laughs> breaking off and... And Absolutely. doing the looting and, and doing the rioting and, and giving the, the movement as a whole kind of a bad name. When you
1: have a big enough uh, example or a sample size, there's always going to be outliers, you know, and it's the same that goes for the freedom mandates, just like it goes for BLM and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but you're right. Like who knew? A bunch of people who deal in logistics <laughs> <laughs> would do a pretty decent job at shutting shit down.
0: Find where the money <laughs> is. Well, were you, you were just about to play something, weren't you? Oh, uh, that yeah. It's not yeah. So,
1: this is a part of the Freedom Convoy. This is an offshoot of it in New Zealand. Uh, so, this is a bunch of Maoris or Maoris. I think I said that right. Uh, they're indigenous people from new zealand polynesians and stuff and they're going like this is them in front of parliament so i saw this video we are when we and you were doing research trying to dig into the narrative of is this a white supremacist movement or is this actually like a big blanket of people from all sorts of races creeds religions and values all together fighting for body autonomy and for what could ultimately be called freedom whether you agree with what Whatever, whether you agree or disagree of what you think freedom is, they're fighting for the same type of rights against injustice as BLM was. And so here we have let me pull this up here is them in front of the parliament in New Zealand all in unity thousands of them all out there protesting.
0: Yeah, this is similar to... Um, there is apparently a large native faction in Canada as well. Yeah. So, I guess they're all just white supremacists. You, you, you apparently so don't I have to be a white nationalist up. to be a white supremacist anymore.
1: So, for people that are just listening and they're not... Uh, seeing this the chant you're hearing is these people in their native tongue doing this dance and there's just the whole crowd is doing this dance together and i was like oh that's kind of cool you know, gave you the goosebumps you're like that's cool to see unity and whatnot and so i decided to look up what this dance was
0: right and then the when i read this you, i was you're, like you're holy a, shit you're not a rugby fan are you no, I'm not a huge but rugby that fan is either. But I a, do like international rugby, and New Zealand's very good. They're called the All Blacks, and they do their little native dance before each game, and that was kind of similar to it.
1: Yeah, it's the haka dance. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a dance of like of challenge and war, like saying "Bring it on, motherfucker!" Basically. See
0: how ignorant we're doing this to
1: Parliament?
0: See how ignorant we the white though?
1: supremacists Dan, it's, What'd you say?
0: I said, see how ignorant we sound though.
1: I know, because they don't know <laughs> shit about it, but like it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they're out there doing that dance, basically telling <laughs> the parliament in New Zealand, like, bring it on, motherfucker.
0: Intellectual idiots we are. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile. We are,
1: we don't claim to be anything else.
0: Justin Trudeau but- invoking the emergency act in Canada.
1: You know, the last time that was acted was, like, what, in the 50s, I think it was, when some prime ministers were killed?
0: No, it was a different It was a different act. It was something war something act. Um, it shows how much we know about Canadian politics. But, no, this is a brand new act that wasn't even brought into law until 1988. It's never – this particular thing has never been used before. Yeah, they said
1: it was too extreme to use when – because they were trying to initiate it during COVID. And pin- they said it was too extreme.
0: Right, but, you know, a bunch of truckers – sitting around peacefully protesting, trying to get mandates lifted somehow. Uh, it's 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 okay to use it right now. So apparently, the Emergencies Act, which came into law in 1988, I'm looking at it now here. Uh, this is from Canada's Department of Justice. Is a federal law that can be used by the federal government in the event of a national emergency. The act contains a specific definition of, quote, national emergency that makes clear how serious a situation needs to be before the act can be uh, relied upon, a national emergency is an urgent, temporary, and critical situation that seriously endangers the health and safety of Canadians, or that seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity of Canada. It must be a situation that cannot be effectively dealt with by the provinces and territories or by any other law of Canada. There are four types of emergencies that can be declared under the Emergencies Act. I'll give you those, and then we can talk about it. A public welfare emergency, a public order emergency, an international emergency, or a war emergency. Now, the only one of these, the only one of these that I could see even being semi-defensible, would be a public order emergency. However, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing, uh, as I go back and read it again, a national emergency is an urgent, temporary, and critical situation that seriously endangers the health and safety of Canadians. I don't think this is doing that, at least not yet, or that seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada preserve the, to preserve the sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity of of canada which it's absolutely not doing yet and it also says that it's that's an that it's an active if it's activated it can be activated if uh no other canadian law can handle the situation i can tell you exactly how they can handle the situation drop the fucking mandates like this this isn't this isn't rocket science
1: yeah, it just it it just it doesn't make sense to me. It's like make it make sense. They're saying, "Oh, it's a small fringe minority," but, but it's also a the national whole security in issue. an yeah. unprecedented national emergency.
0: You can't make it up. They dude. didn't
1: even do that when we had the BLM protests, because Canada had them happening mm-hmm. in the height of the pandemic. They mm-hmm. were out there blocking traffic. It's it's the right kind of protest in the for streets. It. Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, freedom is subjective.
0: Look, this is this is super dangerous, in my opinion. You know, and I, I don't mean to sound like fucking Sean Hannity or anybody. Like it's like this is going to be the end of Canadian sovereignty or something like that. But when you look at the details of what's happening here, I mean, there's talk of freezing assets. There's talk of seizing assets of people that are involved in this. How yeah, is that really- how is that anything other than authoritarian? That's fucking theft. That is what that, that is financial civil war against your own people. That's what that is. And and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying that. I really don't. There's some people that will go, oh you're over exaggerating. I no. Think about how you would feel if you if you felt like th- you were being fucked. You went out and you did what you needed to do to make change, protest and make change. And then the government decides to punish you by taking your fucking livelihood away, by taking your money away, by taking your your trucking license away. Right. It doesn't
1: make any sense.
0: Am I out of line here? Am I being hyperbolic? Am I going uh, over the top with this? The
1: same people that are attacking this haven't been talking about how body autonomy has been attacked for the last 30 years when they try to undo things like Roe versus Wade and attack women's productive rights in countries all over the world then i might say yeah but it's clear that what's good for thee is or what's good for me ain't good for thee
0: like can you i'll give you a great example can you imagine if there was some sort of occupatorial i don't even know if that's a word protest uh in the united states or or canada what doesn't even matter anywhere over uh um abortion rights and, there, and you, you had a right. you had a conservative government that decided you were a dangerous group, and decided to seize your assets and well, free, saw, and freeze we saw your the bank accounts.
1: groups, you know, with Chaz and Chop and stuff in Oregon and all those areas here in America, and the same media that was praising those people on and trying to downplay it, are now calling this what the right wing media was calling them an insurrection, and it just blows my mind. And actually, my monologue is written is like about. Uh, this whole thing. And if you want, I'll just read it now.
0: Let's get after it.
1: Yeah. Pitter patter. <laughs> let's get at her.
0: Perfect timing for, for Canada talk.
1: Right? Yeah. We, we watched a lot of letter Kenny lately. <laughs>
0: to help I us, haven't labeled yet. I was thinking maybe a
1: tale of two protests, uh, but I'll, I'll read it. Here we go. Let me take a sip of my whiskey. Mm. Mm, bourbon. <clears throat> Let me say, as I've always said, and will always continue to say, that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard and what it is that America has failed to hear. That is a direct quote from one of the most impactful organizers for justice and equality, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's a quote that was repeated quite often in 2020 during the protests recited by many when, relatively speaking, a handful of the thousands of global protests turned into riots and violence. To break it down, the, doctors, the doctor is implying that people that are so downtrodden, treated unjustly, and then ignored after expressing those grievances time and time again, there comes a point where people will rise up and stand up for themselves by any means necessary, pushed to the point just to be heard, forcing you to listen. George Floyd being murdered in a broad daylight by a police officer was a catalyst that led to millions participating in one of the biggest movements we've seen in our lifetimes. Enough was enough. It was time to take to the streets and demand accountability for injustice injustice that was once intangible to large swaths of our country. that had come to the realization that in a short eight minutes and 46 seconds, that in a lot of instances, there is two Americas one they took for granted and one that if only a few shades darker would change how people see them when walking down the street. I myself was swept into the fury to see people die innocent on the street, murdered by those who swore an oath to serve and protect. I showed up to the marchers with a sign that read, Why is holding people accountable so controversial? Why is wanting public servants to be held accountable to the same standards you and I are such a divisive topic? When boiled down like that, the answer is easy. It isn't. We collectively as a whole, with a fraction of a percent of outliers, of course, want liberty and justice for all. For God's sakes, it's in our Pledge of Allegiance. So how does something that we inherently agree on become such a partisan issue? The answer is corporate media and their ideologi- ideological pandering narratives their- to their bases creating sensationalized, character-esque, bo- to drive up views and clicks or drive up profits. Divisive rhetoric that strokes echo chambers and tamps down any sort of inclination of dissidence or dissent. Look how terrible these people are. Look what they are doing. These broad statements can be attributed to either side of the aisle based on their own self-righteousness. Divide and conquer? Nah. Divide and multiply. Profits, that is. Don't believe me? Let's take a look at the recent Freedom Convoy. Two years ago, after George Floyd protests of 2020. Radicals are causing chaos in the street. There's dark money funding these protests. Violence and unrest should not be tolerated. Lock them up. They're causing irreparable damage to the communities and businesses. They are terrorists this is an occupation or one that I can't help but laugh at because of the hypocrisy was all too clear. They're blocking traffic. What about emergency vehicles? Can you guess which movement these statements were propagated and which side of the aisle that was blowhorning it into the ether? Can you guess when these mantras were repeated over and over again on nightly news, trying to discredit and disparage the other side? The answer is both 2020 and 2022. The protest in Canada honestly didn't interest me when it came to fruition. I mean, I was sympathetic. I strongly believe body autonomy is body autonomy, whether it's a woman deciding what to do with her body regarding re- her reproduction rights or when it comes to personal decisions about no one, about one's body and what they want to do and don't want in it. You want the vaccine? If you're vulnerable, I'll urge you to. But mandate it? Coerce people through threatening their livelihood? That's not freedom. But don't take my word for it. There's a set of ethics called the Nuremberg Code that states the very same. The voluntary consent of human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be be situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior forms of constraint or coercion. But I digress. Canada is a sovereign country. Our government, bound by the Constitution, already had the dispute settled. So as I felt compassion for our neighbors to the north and nodded in solidarity to the freedom truckers and their convoy, I knew where I stood, where we we as a country stood, compartmentalized it, and moved on to the next hellstorm that was flooding the airwaves. That is until I started to hear the talking points, the broad statements and large brushstrokes painting the protesters as one monolith, grouping them all together under one ideology of white supremacists and racists, one click glance at social media and Twitter feeds would tell you otherwise. They were, all, they were of all colors, religions, and ideologies who were way more organized, less destructive, yet still causing the same amount of economic damage that the protests prior did. When I heard the left-wing media, the media I listened to when the right-wing pundits were squirming to not use racial slurs on television during the 2020 protests using the same divisive rhetoric that the conservative media heads were using, I squinted and muttered to myself, these motherfuckers. How are we falling for this? How do we time and time again fall for these shenanigans? You could take the very same headlines, switch BLM with Freedom Convoy, and the only difference would be the media outlet's logo next to the ticker. Unfortunately, the masses succumb to it, blurting out the word terrorist without even realizing the power of that word, a word that strips you of your inalienable rights, a word that can take everything from you and lock you up for simply being implicated in some Salem witch trial. We need to stop falling for this. We need to pause before we quickly make assumptions and opinions based on 120 character tweets and two-minute segments of talking heads with some sexy B-roll footage and use some critical thinking. You can disagree with either protest and try to explain it away, but the same rights awarded to you are awarded to everyone else, whether you agree or disagree. And if you cheered when cops stood down during BLM protests but screamed about the lack of, faction from, lack of action from police during the Freedom Truckers... Or if you cheered when the trucks blocked the Ambassador Bridge, causing economic damage, but tweeted, "If those bastards blocked the road in front of me, I'd run them over," then congratulations, here's your fucking Kool Aid. I
0: think the and, fa- I think my favorite thing that you said in that monologue, Corey, was uh, <laughs> that you could you could almost take any headline and replace BLM with Freedom Truckers or 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 otherwise, and you no- could, dude, and and nobody would have any idea because I, th- I saw a tweet earlier today. I wish I could remember who it was from, but it was like, it wasn't, it's, is it still liberal to support dissidents even if you don't agree with the, whatever the movement is, whatever the dissidents actually is.
1: And I, I would protest, man.
0: I would say, I would say yes. Right. So I'll give you, I'll give you the example of January 6th, right? If that hadn't gotten to the point where they were actually storming the Capitol, and it it turned into an actual insurrection. I would have said I don't fucking agree with anything these people are saying, but I completely respect their rights to to do what they're doing.
1: Right. But now that both sides are calling each other, and this is what this is what pisses me off about this the most. Because like I said before, like I, in the last episode when you first brought this up, I was like, Nah, that's yeah, well, that's cool, good for them, you know.
0: But I could give, give a shout shit. out to uh, Ducata here joining us from Germany. Yeah, from, from Germany all the way. You in coming Germany. in, man. Or lady, I don't even really know. What's what, You don't have an actual picture. In you.
1: <laughs> it's Takata, man. All
0: right. If I, if I, <laughs> I don't even know if I said that right. I might have said that wrong.
1: I'm but uh, yeah, no, it's... everyone's. Like, this is what's really making me upset about this is everyone's using the word terrorist. This word was also used during the BLM movements. When you label everyone terrorist, you are literally insinuating that their rights aren't the same as yours, and you want them taken away. We lock up terrorists in Guantanamo Bay. We waterboard terrorists. We, you know what I mean? Like we don't give them their constitutional rights. We alienate people by calling them terrorists. And you know what we also do to terrorists? We do drone strikes on them. It doesn't matter if these terrorists, in quotation, are children or women or anything. Once you're labeled a terrorist, you're just no coming back from that. And, and it's just being flung around so easily. Yeah, domestic and words terrorism
0: are important. Yeah, words are super important. And but we we see that with with all sorts of words. Like we have talked about this many times before, Corey. Like the word "racist" in and of itself is a word that, unfortunately, to me is is kind of lost its meaning. Like when I when I find, yeah, it's when losing I find, its
1: luster because when everyone's a racist, no one's a racist.
0: Yeah, when I when I see that somebody's is has been labeled a racist by by media or and, and and on the other end of the spectrum you know socialist or communist you know you yeah. see those words and you're like really like let's let's actually look into this like it, it, racist, it, used, it used to be a word that meant something and it doesn't yeah mean the anything word racist it's around so so liberally
1: yeah the word racist especially it's like we don't have to call people racist like don't worry you'll know they're a racist <laughs> they'll, they'll make it very clear
0: they'll show themselves fast.
1: But uh, but yeah, man, it kills me like when the when BLM had Chaz and chop in Oregon and stuff, it was you know the right wing media called it an insurrection, the left-wing media called it a commune. <laughs> now it's flipped and reversed. now it's an it's an occupation it's a uh it's 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 an insurrection, it's an occupation by the right, that's what they're calling it, and the right is calling it just a gathering. You know what I mean when, it's just when, like the, in, when in
0: reality when in reality it's it's certainly closer to what the right is calling it, but the problem is the right is claiming it in a way that they don't really fucking deserve to. Which is what always happens, which is something that the right always does better than the left. They cl- they they go out and they claim these things. They go out and they claim Joe Rogan for their own. Even though Joe Rogan is in no oh, way the right a right winger. They, they
1: love finding one token.
0: They do a fantastic job of that. And, th- and that's exactly oh, yeah. what they're Kyle doing. Al
1: Rittenhouse, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson.
0: That's exactly what they're doing with this freedom convoy, even though they're they're even if it was started by right wingers. We talked about this a little bit in pre show prep last week, but I never actually had a chance to say it. Uh, I, I heard people mentioning, you know, how could you support this? Um, you know, it was started by these crazy right-wingers that wanted to overthrow the Canadian government. And first of all, I didn't even look into whether or not that's true. And here's why. I don't fucking care. I don't care how a movement gets started. I care about what it ends up representing and how it finishes. I think the example I gave you, Corey, was if if for some reason... A bunch of, uh, of neo-Nazis and right-wingers decided to start a protest uh, over, you know, some sort of phony conspiracy theory Jewish cabal in the media, but it ended up evolving into this like all-encompassing uh, movement for like religious freedom. I would support that movement too. I don't care how it got started. I care about what it represents at the end and how it finishes. And I don't think I don't think people, at least uh, in the, you know, the the media side of the left are really giving any acknowledgement to that when it comes to the Freedom Convoy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 insane to me. (laughs) I just it's the double narrative, man. It's just. Look,
0: <sighs> I, and I will. It's- I will actually. I will actually play devil's advocate for a second. Um, and that is that. Like these Canadians that are upset about this. If you're upset about it because it's inconvenient, and you're upset about it because you can't get to work, and all these blockades, and it sucks for your life. Believe me, I empathize. I think Corey does as well. Like I imagine that this is a humongous pain in the ass.
1: Oh yeah, because- like I like I said before, like. The 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 constant honking would probably piss me off to no end, but you know who would love it? My two year old son.
0: <laughs> he likes trucks, eh?
1: So is my son a white supremacist now?
0: Because <laughs> he likes the honking of the trucks.
1: Because yeah, he loves yeah, he loves semis and big trucks.
0: Well, we already established he's an anti-masker a few weeks ago. We did, yeah. Actually, it was a, more than a few weeks ago. <laughs> maybe maybe a couple of months ago. Um,
1: oh shit. So I just reached out to Dakota and I said, hey, Dakota, stick around. We're going to talk about Ukraine and would love to get a German's opinion. And he says he has his cam and ready to go.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah. Uh, something I don't different. know how we invite people.
0: Shoot us an email, Dakota.
1: Yeah. Libservative. Libservative. Was it libservativepod at gmail.com? Yeah. Dakota. Sorry. Dakota. <laughs> I apologize.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely insane to me that it's just and everybody's falling for it the very people that were quoting and that's what i was trying to get at is these very people that were that were quoting martin luther king going well rioting's the voice of the unheard and the right was calling them terrorists are now calling them terrorists and it's just insane to me uh it's an email address
0: i got it i got it Corey. yeah okay cool (laughs)
1: and then uh yeah it's just uh, that's that's what I think that's what uh that's what actually is bothering me about this. It's just like like I said in my little monologue there is that you could literally take the same you could copy pasta the different uh little mantras that both sides are saying and just change the logo of the company logo of the news outlet and the date, and it's the exact same thing
0: so I think one of the things that I also find interesting about this is you. You often heard excuses, and look, actually, the word "excuses" is probably not uh, the best word because that can be taken the wrong way. But I, you, you often heard um, the rationalization during the poor part uh, of the BLM movement, which was you know the riots and the the looting. You often heard, sometimes you, know, you have to riot and do some financial damage to make actual change. Now, me, as somebody who's traditionally been a leftist, I can actually hear that and really understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can definitely understand it. But now, the truckers aren't... They're not doing any physical damage to anything. They are doing some financial damage by...
1: Yeah, they've done the same amount of economic damage in the three days of in the bridge or the five days or how many days they did as blm did
0: yeah it's uh it's not ideal yeah we got yeah, to, we got his blank email i'll send him a link here in a second Corey. uh yeah, for sure is there anything we want to get to before we get to ukraine i think that basically covers it i mean everybody knows how we feel about the truckers We love the truckers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, and obviously this protest is working. You know, a lot of the provinces are dropping their mandates now. You know, even on the uh, here at south of the border, it's funny that we're the only ones that can say that here in Detroit, (laughs) or yeah, south of the border for us, we're the only area in all of America that you have to drive south to get to Canada, and uh, that south, so south of the border. Uh, here in Michigan now we're starting to drop mandates and things like that. And I think at this point it is starting to get kind of political. Cause like when you look at the science, you look at the math in July of last year, we had, we had lower hospitalization rates and lower numbers and we were still doing ma- some masking and things like that. But now midterms are coming up and they, I was surprised actually to hear them say they're dropping these mandates. The only thing I could think of is well,
0: midterms, yeah, it, it's it, that's that's all you need to know. <laughs> oh, you just had to say midterms. <laughs> what, what? There's an election coming up. Oh my God, we have to we have to make some sort of of change or at least feign to change. And the CDC coming out and saying, well, you know, we still want to have the option of you know reaching for these measures in the future yeah. if we need to. It's never yep. just a hey, masks don't work, or at least you know, unless you're wearing an N95 that's perfectly fitted, masks don't work. They'll never yeah, say and- that.
1: Another thing I found interesting is uh, the Biden administration is starting to position itself to divide, like they're starting to push for the actual national thing of having uh, um, with COVID versus for COVID. Because once you differentiate that, once midterms come up, now they're going to be able to say, oh, yeah, but look how many who I went to the hospital for COVID. We're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's Honestly, what's about to happen. I didn't,
0: I didn't even really consider that, but everything you mm-hmm. just said makes complete sense.
1: Yeah, midterms are coming up. <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like sometimes I make uh, outlandish statements like that, but... Uh, Am I wrong on that stuff a lot or no? I mean, I feel like a lot of times when I when I call that stuff, like the writing's on the wall. When you have your finger on the pulse and you just have your ear to the ground, there's stuff you can put two and two together.
0: Yeah, I mean, I personally, I, I called the fact that there was going to be some conspiracy theories about Bob Saget's death. You did. Of course there are. <laughs> you did. <laughs> now there is. That's funny. As soon as I found out he 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 died of blunt head trauma, I was like, oh God, just wait, just wait. There's going to be some some conspiracy theories out there that Bob Saget was murdered, and they're so out who there. Would want,
1: who would want Bob Saget dead?
0: Uh, I so, apparently the conspiracy that I've that I've seen so far is the uh, the idea that Clinton's. Yeah, it was the Clintons. <laughs> no, seriously, it was Epstein. It had something to do with Epstein. Like, I oh God, I couldn't really. Yeah,
1: so a premise on our show is we try not to delve into conspiracies, but like if there's things that are left like unanswered or they don't make a sense exactly we try to base our assumptions in some sort of grounding and we say follow the money so if there's not definitive answers to questions here on the show uh we uh we follow the money
0: you know what i think we should move on to ukraine
1: we should move on to ukraine
0: apparently uh dakota is his real name is tobias i did send him a link so maybe he'll join us maybe he won't but either way we are going to move on to what the hell is going on in ukraine because uh (laughs) i i can't figure it out dude every day it's different i can't keep track of it one day the russians are putting putting troops on the ukrainian border the next day they're taking them away the next day we find out that was a lie uh and they're 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 escalating, they're de-escalating. Now they're not, now they are. Nobody seems to have a clue how many US troops are actually in Eastern Europe. Uh, it, it, and then you have something about a 79-year-old grandma. I'm I'm actually my head hurts actually talking about this already.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh yeah, Ukraine is a bit of a trip uh here one second let me uh respond in this text real quick or this uh (laughs) no man just click the
0: link just click the link man just click the link
1: just click the link (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so what else do you have to say about ukraine
0: i have nothing else to say i don't know what the hell is going on i all i can tell you is the media is saying that Putin's put now put out a false flag of recent mass genocide in Eastern Ukraine. Uh, the, the Donbas region is in question for invasion and it's, it's currently controlled by pro-Russian separatists. These are things we already know, uh, but every day the narrative coming from the mainstream media is different.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, Zelensky made a joke that, uh, let me see if I can actually find the actual quote. But Zelensky said that, that uh, the
0: invasion was going to happen on two sixteen, which was two days ago. Yeah,
1: and then so then all of our media started talking thing. Like, Up, oh, we uh, we are we are t- Ukraine. Zelensky Facebook post said we are told that February sixteenth will be the day of the attack. We will make it the day of unity. <laughs> the relevant decree has already been signed on this day. We will hang national flags, wear blue and yellow ribbons to show show the world our unity. We ha- and like we- he was like. It sounds like it was a joke lost in translation (laughs) from uh, Ukrainian to English or whatever. But uh, he's out here saying that like, I'm right now, so right now I'm on Times of India, uh, like India Times, and the headline is Ukraine has no need for allied forces on its territory, says President Zelensky. And he's saying that there's no need for foreign allied forces to face down a feared Russian invasion, warning that their presence might only exasperate tensions and i said it again and oh there he is right there
0: uh we have yeah we have tobias backstage before before we get him on the show uh, here's here's what i'll say and maybe you can you i'd be curious to get your opinion because the way we talked about this at the start was that this is just a way for both biden and putin to both essentially get what they want biden gets a distraction away from what's going on domestically putin gets you know either troops removed from his borders or uh at least yeah who doesn't want
1: ukraine and nato that's what he doesn't want there was a verbal agreement made in the late 90s that we wouldn't keep expanding nato and since then we've added other states in 2014 we know that there was leaked phone calls about uh like them trying to get uh the president that to- before Zelensky into office in Ukraine. And we know that America backs the, the, um, the, uh, what are they called? The Azov group, which they're kind of Mm neo-Nazis. And now this is an American mantra. We've done this in Nicaragua. We've done this in Honduras. And I might be off a little bit on this, but I want to bring in Dakota because it's, I want to hear his perspective because in Germany, Germany has an economic uh, stake in this with the Nord Stream pipeline. And so, I'm going to end the stream right sure, now. Sure,
0: let's roll. Let's get him in here.
1: How's it going, Dakota? Thanks for joining the show, actually. Hi, and a wonderful good
2: evening to you all. Yeah, um, absolutely. By the front, uh, I have to apologize for my pretty bad English. Uh, so, we have a lot of words that I have to to go to the Google Translator to understand you all. But uh, in the end, I think um, I'm, I'm very good at the point where you are now. And, um, yeah, for the first, the, the Ukraine problem is not a problem of Germany, by the way. Right. So, um, we as the Germans, we, we have, a we have much of political problems. Um, the, the Ukraine problem is the thing we, we covered that all under the Corona crisis. So we have this on the list, but in a uh, German media, it's not the big thing. In the German media, we have uh, big corona, big, uh, oh, my God, all this corona. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the truly big political things like uh, the Ukraine crisis um, and all that shit is in Germany. It's, it's not happened. Because all we have is Corona, we have <laughs> see, no other things in Germany.
0: See, that's so interesting. That's that's inter- it's interesting that you say that, and we get this perspective coming straight out of Europe, which is yeah that-
2: from from Stuttgart, by the way. So from Stuttgart,
0: yes, yeah. I uh, I have never been actually. I was supposed to take a trip into Germany in uh, in the 8th Oh, great.
2: I've met many many Americans here, uh, just from from the US Army because uh, they have. Uh, how because uh, and, uh yeah, like um, yeah, that's bases. what I mean. by English in, in some ways is, it's too bad. It's, it's uh, the U.S. Army base. Yeah, like yeah. And we have we have so much Americans here, and I loved it before Corona. I met so much of them in in the in the in the pub and I'm, uh, <laughs> Americans like to drink. Yeah. I know Germans you, do no, too. No shit. <laughs> I've met so much of this in the pub and I have so good evenings with American guys from Texas, from Los Angeles, from New York, from everywhere, from the army. And I have so much fun with them. And since Corona, that that's out. That's, that's, uh, that's never happened. So it's For Corona by the way, but yeah, in the absolutely. end, um, it's, it's so in
0: interesting, Germany no. we
2: have one big problem in Germany is not in Germany we have not the thing that we are think about what is the risk about Corona, what is the risk about the actual uh, omicron, you know? Um, in Germany is oh my god. We have to act. We have to act. We all gotta die.
0: (laughs) Dude, that's funny because in America. It it, it,
2: it is the way, you know? It's it's um, so
0: interesting that you say that, Dakota, because. the, the way that, that the Ukraine problem is being portrayed here in the states, and by the way, we're thousands of miles further away from any conflict <laughs> than you will be. It is going. It is this unbelievable existential threat. Uh, Russia is going to invade Ukraine. World War Three oh, yeah. is about to begin, and we are certainly not as, uh, you know, into the. Uh, craziness of corona anymore like it seems like you are in europe it certainly seems like they are in canada so i think both sides of that coin are super interesting yeah it's i mean actually, the point yeah. is,
2: the point from germany is in the end no one in germany cares they are right. a few people who are politically interested um they are know what is happening there and they are know that we are st- just, just a, a grasshound before a war, but the most people in Germany are get distracted because of Corona. Mm. That's no joke, right? No one cares about any war in, in in Europe because anyone is just looking on Corona. Even though you're right that, next that's door, that's Germany. That's Germany at its best.
1: Yes, yeah, but, but I think that also shows um, that the existential threat is actually, yeah, it is non-existent because no, the, the, fact- f- the
2: fucking problem is when we ignore it shit and they that that got out of control we as the Germans we are the first that are fucked up you know <laughs> yeah so okay no sense, one yeah. no one in Germany cares really for that problem but the first thing when the Ukraine go on war with the Russians, the first one who was fucked up is not the US the first one who was fucked up is Germany thank you <laughs> but no one. No one cares in Germany because in Germany the first problem fall and the biggest problem fall is fucking Corona.
0: Yeah, but isn't is is it because it's not an actual problem, or is is it because with you,
1: with Ukraine itself?
0: Yeah, is it because it's not seen? Ukraine is not actually seen as a problem in Germany, or is it because they're so no, distracted no, no, by no, Corona? No. Corona,
2: Corona is the biggest problem. The Ukraine is a big problem for everyone who has the favor to uh, think really in the world we're living in but the problem is Germans don't live in this world Germans live in uh, i don't know they live in other spaces i don't know <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the <laughs> really problem interesting.
2: Is it's the good. only the only thing Germans care m- at this moment is corona can we live with corona can we have a freedom there everyone in the world us uh Every country in the world has a Freedom Day, but Germany plans a Freedom Day mid-March. But the Freedom Day is not a Freedom Day; it's just a day where a few, just a little few, of the Corona um, here um, Germany's Maßnahmen what's what's in English uh, Corona rules.
1: Uh, okay, yeah,
2: some where some a bit of the Corona false uh, Corona rules are false but just okay. yeah we yeah, yeah. Wear it's, it's mask. Kind of we have to wear uh, masks and trains and, and supermarkets and something but they call it the freedom danger and you know that's yeah. like fuck yourself right
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said that one really so, good that so was what we got English. so what we got yeah so the... it's uh go ahead it's kind of here with the double standard of uh like we just had our super bowl and everyone I, in I, this I sit
2: here I sit here in front of my setup, like I sit yet now. I have my main screen. I said I have my second screen. And I watch the Super Bowl like every year. And I love the Super Bowl as always. And I watch it with some people on Discord. And I see 100,000 people in this stadium. And I say, come on! What the fuck is wrong with Germany? Why the heck? <laughs> that's Why not, the
0: fucking heck we can't have this in Germany? That's not happening. See, so with that's what makes American That's America not happening with Bundesliga though. right now, Dakota? No, 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 least, no, no big crowds in Bundesliga this this time or this year. No, no, no chance. <laughs> the maximum in German stadiums are I think uh, six to
2: twenty thousand maximum. Wow. And so that's one thing in stadiums with 60,000s of places. So, right. That's that's yeah. So
1: as we're allowed to do that in our stadiums and pack it full of people, we're still making kids in school wear masks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it's
1: like, it's like, make it make sense. The
2: the problem (laughs) is, um, I think at the end, the big problem in Germany is, and that's, that's, that's not funny uh, for sure. Um, Everyone who's not believed in that, what the state says, and this whole left thinking about all the politicians, is automatically in Germany, you are Nazi. Mm,
1: that's the same so thing in America.
2: I, I stand there. I stand there. Um, it was three, four days ago in a Twitch chat. And I said, come on, why we are in Germany always had this Corona panic.
0: and it- I get banned. And it seems it seems awfully fucked up that especially in a country like Germany, your people would be willing to throw the word Nazi around oh, so yeah. we, easily. Oh, we
2: love that. We love to throw the word around. Oh, God. Everything. <laughs> oh, man. But
1: so the, that's
0: like but in America,
1: the word is racist. Yeah. We call the, everyone the, racist.
2: The big, ah, racist in America is, it's not a deal in case of this. The problem in Germany is... You have, uh, you always in every country, you have the line of pollution, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you have the left side, you have the right side, you have the middle and you have the, um, bit of left, you have the bit of right, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: always between the extremes, but in Germany, the complete pollution is got from the middle. A bit and a bit and a bit and a bit wider to the left, so there is no middle. B- okay, there is a middle, but the middle is so much at the right. Yeah, uh, at the uh, I'm sorry, at the middle is so much at the left that the middle, who was the, the middle right. in the last twenty years, is the Nazi side. Mm-hmm. Everyone who says when when I said um, I'm not a fan of the Corona uh, rules because. um the, the complete peoples are, are go broke and the firms are don't have any chance to survive because of corona rules you know then I'm a fucking Nazi because I hate the people who die from corona mm, Do right? you know
0: how it's, much do you know how often I have to listen to this shit? It's no you know what it's, it's no different. It's no different here. It's exactly you'd the be same surprised.
1: Thing here. here it's the same it's, thing.
0: here's <laughs> so, <laughs> here so the- much of a shit.
1: Like here, like here in America, a lot of us you know, like me and Dan both are pro vaccine, but we don't want the mandates. We don't think it should be forced. Now, yeah, if you tell um, people that you don't think it should be forced, you're considered an anti-vaxxer and right. that you want people uh, to die.
0: Even though I've gotten it. Okay, I've Corey, gotten two doses. Corey, by the way,
2: <laughs> Dan, sorry. You're good. Go ahead. Corey, the problem in Germany is um, the people would be vaccinated because um, it's Germany, you know. But the problem in Germany is you have so much Dr. Facebooks, you have so much. Oh no! When you get vaccinized, you die instantly. <laughs> yep, you, you, yeah. become, you become the vaccinated. You go instant death. Yep, it's all the extreme stuff. Yeah, yeah they're that's microchips. No, but I have, I've <laughs> um, I've worked. Um, I'm I'm come from the event management, so Corona was my death. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and uh, and I worked that, for a few weeks in a in a supermarket, and at the supermarket there worked a woman, um, who have a kid and a normal woman. So, and she taught me in a in a in a mid pause uh, in a shit. That's why I hate my English. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're you, good. You've man. been fantastic. Um, better than my German.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your English <laughs> is better in than in our in German.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the midday, you know, uh, in the lunch, l- lunch, lunchtime, yep. lunch, yeah, yep. lunchtime. in the lunchtime.
0: Yeah.
2: She told me, Oh no, I don't get vaccinized because I heard, uh, that, that fucks my brain. And I get a, a brain, um, you know, a brain, uh, brain fart. Yeah.
1: yeah yep. gives you like an, <laughs> an aneurysm yeah. or a blood clot. Yeah. And,
2: and, uh, and I watched her and, uh, I was new in it, in that in, in the firm. So, uh, Think okay, uh, don't say anything. <laughs> but in the end, I'm like, you're afraid to called a Nazi, you're, right? How the heck can someone in this work and so fucking stupid? <laughs> if, but if the problem is, we have millions of this in Germany.
0: If nothing so, else, it is good to know dakota that it is the same shit going on across the pond as it is right here we do have to move on dakota we're gonna let you go but we do appreciate you joining us and uh, yeah dakota please like follow
1: and share because we definitely yeah, would sure. like to thank have someone so from germany on the show more often
0: so much
2: thank you dakota yeah, absolutely Danke schön. God a, blessed, man. have a wonderful evening and have a good discussion so you yeah, know what I'm saying right. in Germany is fucked up from this point. So <laughs> thanks so much
1: for joining, man. Thank you too, Danke.
0: Danke. Well, that was actually pretty cool. Well, oh, I hit remove and then you hit add. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay, that was that was an interesting conversation. Just because I think oftentimes Corey on our show we get kind of stuck in what's going on in the narratives in the United States and right and in the last couple of weeks, obviously Canada.
1: It's but, refreshing, like you said, to yeah. hear that it's like that doesn't matter where you are in the world, we're all dealing with the same shit. To
0: know that Europeans uh basically <laughs> treat their own the exact same way. I don't know if that's refreshing or if that's fucking terrifying <laughs> to know that there's just no there's no uh Western society out there that can engage in nuanced conversation.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. No, that was actually really that was that was nice. That was nice,
0: and you could tell <laughs> you could tell that Germans really aren't worried about the Ukraine situation right now. Because yeah, so that was one of the like biggest it's all thing about that COVID. took away from
1: that. It's all about COVID. It's all about COVID. Yeah, because here in America, we're ducking cover. We're on the brink of World War Three. Like, you know what I mean? The way our media is saying it right now—that we're going to war—and then in Germany, they're like, Nah, we're not even really talking about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're too busy. And We're... They're a hell of
1: a lot closer and have a lot more at stake in this than we do. Super, interesting. and I think that just punctures another hole in the whole propaganda that we hear that we see here in America.
0: Super interesting to to hear that uh, the left in Germany is so quick to throw the word Nazi around. I would never have guessed that. I would never right? have guessed that given their history that they're... you would think that that's such a dirty word. Yeah, it just like... it's sad. Ooh.
1: Well, it's because when everyone when you call everyone a Nazi, there the real Nazis. The ones that are like the terrible people are getting a pass, essentially.
0: Yeah, pretty much, just like the racists here. Just
1: like the racists here.
0: And huh. actually, it actually uh, it's does. It's a small world after all. <laughs> it, actually, it actually does give us a good opportunity to to jump into uh, a headline that actually got me uh, earlier this week: the uh, life-saving organ transplants being denied to unvaccinated patients. Did you see this, Corey?
1: Yeah, so I caught wind of this a little bit ago. Uh, But then when we actually talked about it, I kind of like what we're about to talk about now. I was like, oh, wait, I don't know if this is necessarily like something to actually blow up about. But it's something that sensationalized headlines that are there to propagate divisiveness. It is definitely something that will make you clench your butt cheeks.
0: I'll give you the latest one. Uh, DJ Ferguson, age 31, suffers from a hereditary heart condition that causes his lungs to fill with blood and fluid. He's been... Uh, on on the transplant list for quite some time, or not quite some time, I think since like October or something is when he uh, went into the hospital or maybe around Thanksgiving. I, I don't have the article in front of me, but you can look it up. DJ Ferguson uh, denied a heart transplant because he's not vaccinated for the coronavirus. And I saw this and I had the reaction that I think a lot of people on the right might have at this point in time, because a lot of people on the left would be like, well, good. Yeah, good. Let him die. Let him die. <laughs> That's He's what not vaccinated. He's killing people. <laughs> so I had the reaction that people on the right might have, which is that is fucking horrible. Why would you? Uh, it, is, it is immoral to deny medical treatment to somebody because of their vaccination status. Now, before anybody on the left freaks out, I took a little bit of a deeper dive into this and I came to the realization that it's not as crazy as it sounds because apparently it has forever been, not forever, but for a long time been, the uh, policy of most hospital systems that you be vaccinated as we often are as children, MMR vaccine uh, all, all the regular vaccinations that you would get as a human being in the United States. I love this guy. Dakota says that the people <laughs> on the left always freak out. That's true, but that's also because they're all, they're the ones in power right now. So let's, let's relax and wait and see when the right takes over again, because it will happen at some point. But with regards to this topic, I, 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 I looked a little bit deeper in it and, and my first thought was, are you required to get a flu shot? to get an organ transplant. Is that a requirement? And what I was able to find, it was hard for me to find it at first, but the hospital uh, uh, organization that denied DJ Ferguson his his heart or took him off the heart transplant list did say that it is relatively commonplace that you also have to receive a flu shot to get a vaccine. So it's, it's this sensationalized way by the right to say, oh, they're denying people organ transplants because they don't get the COVID vaccine. While well, on the surface, that is true. Underneath, what they miss is that you're also required to get all these other vaccinations. And the reasoning behind this is because you are trying to set the patient up for the best chance of survival because you have to deplete somebody's immune system after you give them an organ transplant. And the reason you have to do that is because you don't want the immune system to attack the new organ. So yeah. while originally, and then I'll let you go ahead, Corey, originally, I did have that reaction of fuck these people, fuck these people for not get, for taking this guy off the heart transplant list because he won't get vaccinated. But when you actually look into it a little bit deeper, it actually does make a little bit of sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Like you, you, you're you in a very sterile environment. They don't. I'm sure hearts are hard to come by because <laughs> you can't just it's not like a kidney.
0: Right. You, they don't, know, they you don't want to throw a heart to somebody up. and then have them die. <laughs> you know, it's exactly you, you want.
1: don't want to give the you don't want to give a heart to somebody and then have them die. And so you take type of stipulations like that. So there are certain things to where at the same time, if you're at that point where you need a heart, your immune system probably isn't that great, anyways. Right. even if it wasn't a mandate to get these vaccines, I'd probably be like, oof, well. You might want to get one. So uh oh yeah, Dakota wants to come couch crash. He wants to <laughs> he wants to come to America. <laughs> it's a great place overall. Like it's a it's a shit show of its own, but it's pretty good here.
0: Michigan's good. Yeah, come to Michigan. We're a purple state. I don't know if you know what that means, but it means we're kind of centrist here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a good balance of left and right. And uh but yeah, so it it makes sense. And like, I was just actually going to say, like, I want to give my dad some props. You know, he's in that category of an older man. You know, he's 70. Oh, geez. 76, 70,
0: You don't know how old, how old your dad 70, is?
1: 76. I just had to
0: do the math real quick. We had him on our show years old. and he said some very vile things. <laughs> Did you say <laughs> my dad said vile things?
1: <laughs> no, we had him on here the other day. Uh, uh, but yeah, so he, um, he, uh, he got vaccinated and when he did, I was like, good for you, man. I'm like, you know, like you're actually, this is the type of people that we advocate for. And like, I'm the only reason i am bringing this up. Cause I think it just kind of solidifies like our positioning of the fact that we are, we are pro vaccine. It saves people who are vulnerable, but body autonomy is body autonomy. My dad didn't need a mandate to tell him to get the vaccine. It took conversation. Did it take more time? Yes. But the mandates are just out of convenience because people don't want to take that time to where it's like, I love my dad. So I took that time. And if other people did that, we might be in a better place.
0: And for for those who don't know, your your dad actually did have COVID already.
1: He did. He had to get the monoclonal antibodies.
0: Yeah. And they... May have saved his life. We don't know what this. Oh, time, they absolutely did. He, says they did. Like, okay, my he mom, says they did. Okay. They
1: did. Yeah. My mom, my mom agrees. She says that, uh, she made him go to the ER because he was in such bad shape in the bed that he's like, I just want to sleep. And she said, you're not, I'm making you go to ER. And when he got there, they gave him the monoclonal antibodies right away, which is one more thing that kind of pisses me off about all of this because they just nixed federal funding for the monoclonal antibodies because it doesn't work for Omicron. And it's roughly 99% of the people have Omicron and not Delta, but there's still 1% that have Delta and Delta is by far the deadlier one. Well, not to mention,
0: not to mention, all
1: of a sudden we're not caring about the 1% when we've been caring about them for the last two years.
0: Not to mention, how do you know you're not going to have a variant that pops up after Omicron that is a little bit more like Delta, a little bit more like Delta, maybe works better for like, don't you think you'd want to have the monoclonal antibodies on like on reserve somewhere? Case right. again. You know what I
1: mean? Like, don't we want as many tools in the toolkit as possible?
0: I don't know. Th- th- my whole point—we don't have to talk about this a whole lot further, Corey. But my my whole point about this, and and you were there during our show prep meeting. Like, I was talking to you about this denial of transplants, and I was pissed about it, mm-hmm. and 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 I wanted to bring this up as an example of like on this show. Even Corey and I sometimes get like stuck in these these harsh narratives. But we, we we both. It's try really to, easy. Yeah, we both try to take the time to be like, all right, all right. I'm really pissed about this, but why? And just take a. It doesn't even take that much, Corey. It probably took me 45 minutes worth of reading and searching around to to to, to kind of come to this middle ground conclusion of of what these, you know, ma- I guess you could call it a mandate for uh uh organ transplant really really means medically it does actually make a little bit of sense i didn't see it that way at first but that's not what people normally do normally people right. just see it it pisses them off and that that's it okay i i'm done this is all i need to know
1: yeah and you know we we have really hard on the show for all sorts of things like we were going to bring up the uh the ymca article from npr talking about how the ymca wasn't masking kids mm-hmm. they were only masking the adults and uh, they've had very, very low outbreaks. And we almost brought this up because it almost kind of strokes our own confirmation bias. But the reason we didn't actually bring that up on the show is because the article is from 2020 mm-hmm. and we July. know that things change on day to day. So we didn't actually bring that article on the show to talk about it. And it's things like this that I think that was what we're actually trying to do in our community and here and talk with people is we – we constantly have to deal with our own cognitive dissonance. I would love to come on here and go, see masks don't work, <laughs> but this article is two years old, right. you know? And like, there are articles that show that cloth masks are just, <laughs> they don't do shit, you know, and we could bring up our other, other articles about that fitted mass and 95 masks do work. Cloth masks don't. That's what they're showing us now. But we didn't bring, like, so I guess to round it up, we didn't bring up that article because it's two years old. And that's it, old data.
0: It didn't matter. And we, 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 that's why we have a show meeting every week. We talk for about an hour, an hour and a half. And we, uh, you, 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 even during our show meeting, was, you were kind of like, Dan, I don't think this is a big deal. <laughs> I, think, I think you need to calm the fuck down. Like, we call, we calm each other down when we, when we find these things that, are meant to get a rise out of you. And and sometimes it works, even on us. We're intellectual idiots. We're not, we're not and I think people. And
1: that's why I think it's warranted when we do get pissed off about narratives, because we actually do the work. And we we actually it. dive into this stuff.
0: Yeah. Speaking of narratives, Corey, you wanted oh, to talk about the Durham report. Man. You want to talk about the Durham report? A blast from the
1: past. <laughs> it's 2016 all over again. Can
0: I just say this? Are we, are we in a place now, and hey, we should ask Dakota about this. Maybe he'll answer in the chat. Are we in a place now where it's just socially acceptable to demand that your political rivals be thrown in prison? Like that's like where we are now. I'm curious to know if that's what it's if that's what it's like in Europe or anywhere else because that's what we do here now. Hillary should be in prison for her emails and now Trump should be in prison for these whatever that we'll talk about this a little bit more later but this these 15 boxes or whatever it is of files that he took to Mar-a-Lago and then, you know, now we have this Durham report that basically suggests the Clinton campaign was spying on the Trump campaign. And every now, every yeah. everybody should be in jail. Well, just just because you're a political rival, just you just go to jail.
1: Oh man, that's a ba- that's the seven, a banana republic. The bullshit. What'd you say? I just want to I want to jump back really quick to Ukraine because we didn't bring up the seventy nine year old. So there was this uh, there was this story going around on NBC and all this different stuff about the seventy nine year old woman that's learning how to shoot to fight Ukraine. Oh yeah, we got to see that. And it was a straight propaganda video because. Let me pull it up.
0: Uh, here we go. Here we go. Today.
1: Um. Oh, shoot. Where did it go? So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I accidentally switched away here. from it because of the fact that I was finding all this stuff. I found this article written in in uh, the Ukraine language. All right. So right here. Here it is. Let me uh, share this really fast. So, this was a, a thing that was on NPR all over the news about this article about this Ukrainian great man, uh, great-grandmother, Valentia Konstant- Konstantinovska. I hope Konstantinovska. I said that
0: right. yeah, that sounds about right.
1: On an AK-47 training to defend against a possible Russian attack. Your mother would do it too, she told me. <laughs> and so this article gives this rosy thing about how... Uh, and here it is right here about how, uh, this girl is out there practicing shooting a gun to help Ukraine. And then right here, it says, uh, amazing Czech media reporting that granny Valentino's photo op was organized by the neo-Nazi Azov battalion. <laughs> the meaning of a, a bone, meaning a bona fide Nazi propaganda tool is the dar is the darling of the Angloid media elites. Truly the face of the Ukrainian existence. And so this woman, Is there any proof as you can this? see in this photo, uh, let me see if I can find one of the photos right here. Here's a video. Can you see real quick? Let me stop that. Oh my you God, it's that marking right there?
0: That's the Oslof Battalion. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Pause it. Go back and pause it for a second so people can see it. I wish I could point to it. I wish I had John Madden's telestrator here so I could circle it for you. Right. Right there it there. is. There it is. That yellow That yellow shield. There it is. Yep. That so for our shield. listeners
1: right now on the screen is this yellow shield that has what looks like, like a sort of a uh, a Nazi emblem with like lightning bolts kind of thing. And it's the Osloff Battalion. And now this Osloff Battalion is this right wing separatist group that is n- literal neo-Nazis that America is funding to help fight in Ukraine against the the russians the russian separatists
0: well you know how that goes cory we, we've talked about uh, everything that's going on over the last whatever it is 14 or so years uh in central america and south america we love to prop up right-wing governments don't we we love to prop up right-wing oh yeah bullshit like governments this,
1: uh this bandera lobby guy goes first time watching the at ABC's seven new york for a moment i thought they were doing a story about the neo-nazi Azov regiment but instead they just moved on to clips of tony blinken and jake sullivan and then go back to the new york city crime stories <laughs> and like <laughs> they're showing neo nazis training ukrainians but that's not said in our media
0: you know what's so funny is that 90% of uh, 99% of ordinary americans would not realize that's what that symbol reco- what represented oh
1: i know <laughs> and it's uh it's insane to me, dude. It's just, yeah. I I, I just I shake my head. I, I just like this propaganda. It's, it's it's literally just propaganda.
0: You know what, Corey? That was that that is that is proof. That is that is just hard proof. Who says that? Is that Alex Jones? I don't know who says that. That is <laughs> just hard. That's just hard proof. That's just hard proof. There's you know you know interdimensional child molesters. <laughs> is my Alex right. Jones pretty good? Dimensional child and they're 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 putting. I'm sick and because 'Cause they're putting chemicals in the water, turns frogs gay. <laughs> the fucking frogs. Sick <laughs> of <gay. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <See laughs> this crap. Sick of this crap.
1: Um. So, on to the next. Uh, we are talking about the Durham Report, Corey. We were trying to get the Durham Report. And so, what I'm gonna pull up right now, because, so this is one that's tough, right? It's it's frustrating because there's no one on the left talking about it. And this is what I texted you the day. I think that Occupy Democrats, that page that has millions of followers on Facebook at this point is a psyop.
0: Yeah, you've officially called it a psyop.
1: Because as soon as this stuff started coming up about Hillary Clinton, out of nowhere, this page just started just dogging Trump again, dogging Trump about the classified documents and stuff like that, which Donald Trump is a turd. That's a big deal. He's just walking around with these fucking documents. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? How the hell were you able to just get away with that from the White House to here? But at the same time, I think a a president is allowed to declassify whatever he wants. So he... I really you know don't know.
0: I mean? Honestly, I'd have to get an expert on. I really don't. I really have no idea. If that might be something allowed,
1: to do a deep dive in.
0: Yeah, a lot of just here, declassify documents.
1: I'm gonna share this on the screen. So I was trying to find people talking about this and stuff, and all I could find is like the Federalist and right wing media talking about it because the left wing media, sure, shit ain't gonna talk about it.
0: But that alone should tell you something, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah. So here is the article, or here is the actual uh, case. You know, it's United States of America versus Michael Sussman, and Michael Sussman was the lawyer. This
0: is the pre-trial motion.
1: This is the pre-trial motion, and Michael Sussman was the lawyer for the Clinton campaign. And so right here it talks the government's motion to acquire into potential conflicts of interest, and it talks about Sussman and how he lied to the FBI and different things like that, and how it just basically, you know, like talking about what's going on or whatever, the events that likely will be relevant to a trial. But here's what I find interesting: the factual backgrounds. The defendant is charged on one-count indictment with making a materially false statement to the FBI in violation of Title 18, United States Code Section 1001. As set forth in the indictment on September 19, 2016, less than two weeks before the 2016 presidential election, Two months. Two months, Corey. Sorry, two months before the 2016 presidential election, the defendant, a lawyer at a large international firm, Law Firm 1, that was then serving as counsel to the Clinton campaign, met with the FBI general counsel at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. The defendant provided the FBI general counsel with purported data and white papers that allegedly demonstrated a covert communications channel between, Trump and, between the Trump organization and a Russia-based bank. Now, that's Alpha Bank. Mm-hmm. The indictment alleges that the defendant lied in that meeting, falsely stating to the general counsel that he was not providing the allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client. In fact, the defendant had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on, be- on behalf of at least two clients, including A, the technology executive, which is this guy named Joffrey. He had a DNS server through a college, and they were just because uh, – I'm trying to get this right. There was someone who was doing technological work for the, the EOP, which is the executive office of the president, and that's this Joffrey guy. And so this Joffrey guy was working for them, but then just giving Sussman, or not Sussman, the, uh, uh including yeah, So a U.S. based internet company. So he was giving the the Clinton campaign and the internet company information about this, and so the
0: yeah. The way I understand it is that there was uh, uh what is it? It's a uh, um. A firm that had a had a loosely based contract had a, or a potential contract with the Trump campaign, with the Trump campaign, and they used that access to grab information and send it back to you know whomever
1: Sussman, who then in turn brought it to the FBI, right? And then that's what, and then that's the same information that created the Steele dossier,
0: and yeah, and the, and the information, it basically it was just this. It was just data mining. It was really all it was. There was no. Yeah,
1: they were just they were spying on the data that was being passed back and forth in the Trump campaign. There's no and Trump was saying proof. this. Yeah, you remember Trump saying we're being spied on.
0: Yep. There's no and everyone th- was just like,
1: ah, oh, shut up, you fucking idiot.
0: And they're just there just really wasn't. And we know this already because we know that the the entire quote unquote Russiagate scandal was bullshit. You know, yeah, dossier
1: was, was this. This is just solidifying that more. There's just nothing. The defendant's billing there. records reflect that the defendant repeatedly billed the Clinton campaign for his work on the Russian bank one allegations. In compel, in compiling and disseminating these allegations, the defendant and tech executive one also had met and communicated with another law partner law firm one, which I'm assuming is Sussman, who was then serving as general counsel to the J- Clinton campaign.
0: Yeah, Sussman.
1: The indictment also alleges that beginning in approximately 2016, Tech Executive One had worked with the defendant, a U.S. investigative firm by Law Firm One, on behalf of the Clinton campaign, numerous cyber researchers, and employees at multiple internet companies to assemble up reported data and white papers. In connection with these efforts, Tech Executive One exploited his access to non-public and and or proprietary internet data. Tech Executive One also enlisted... Uh Uh-oh... Tech Executive 1 also enlisted the the assistance of researchers at a U.S.-based university. That's what I was just about to say. There was a a college involved in this Mm -hmm. who were receiving and analyzing large amounts of internet data in connection with a pending federal government cybersecurity research contract. Tech Executive 1 tasked these researchers to mine internet data to establish an interference and narrative. Tying then candidate Trump to Russia, in doing so, tech executive one indicated that he was seeking to please certain VIPs, referring to individuals at law firm one and the Clinton campaign.
0: Yeah, so and then, so that that was what we were just what we were just talking about
1: that we were just stumbling through, just a,
0: yeah, put, <laughs> yeah just <laughs> trying to talk about as intellectual idiots. We, we're, right. we're we're just a couple of morons trying to interpret an actual legal document. We're doing our best, Dan. And they, and they, here's what's important about this, Corey, is like this isn't this is this is the actual document i mean if you if i think we probably should share this in the show yeah. notes so people can can go you know and read it for themselves because i can already yeah, i
1: wanted to make sure that i had the actual pre trial like paperwork the actual uh, case number and not an article on this because everyone is going to take this and spin it any way they want mm-hmm. to play on to their narrative
0: so how do we feel about it as intellectual idiots? Because I, th- I think you've gone over basically the meat of what this entire thing is. So I, I will I will go first. I'm i I'm immediately looking at how the media is framing this. So let's start with the right-wing media. The right-wing media is framing this. That this is definitive proof that Hillary Clinton illegally spied on Trump and belongs in prison. The left-wing media narrative would be... Uh, Radio this, silence. Yeah. Well, no, it, they're starting to talk about it a little bit, starting like today or like yesterday, and all I've really been able to find it that this is this is just a big nothing burger uh, because you can't you you know you can't tie Hillary to it, and there's no evidence of the Clinton campaign quote unquote personally spying on the Trump campaign, and the thing I find interesting about that is that uh, <laughs> the. It, there's always this way that these high-powered people, you know, we went through it with Epstein. We went through it even in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. These high-powered people always find a way to insulate themselves from actual legal wrongdoing. And we Hillary, and Hillary probably did that here. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a universe where whatever's happening here is going to be able to be directly tied to Hillary Clinton, but you're, what are you going to hear from the right wing media? You're constantly going to hear, "Oh my God, she did all this stuff, and she should be in jail." And maybe she did, but there's n- there's never going to be a way to prove it. And Trump
1: did the same thing. Look at Cohen. Remember his lawyer, Cohen, who went to jail for him. He was the fall guy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There's always all a these fall rich guy. people.
1: Look at Epstein. Epstein insulated himself. Bill Gates. He does the same thing. All the rich people do this. Bill, Clinton, or Bill Gates was getting pied by people in the 90s because no one liked them, so then he turned himself around and did a bunch of wacky shit. Um, yeah, it's it's insane to me that like... Our, now, and that's what kills me too is because everyone was all about Comey. coming through this same shit, but then when it's the role's reversed, people are just going to disregard this and be like, oh, this is a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. and it's like, no, these are people spying on presidential campaigns. This isn't right. Trump fucking sucks. Trump was an idiot. You know what I mean? None of us like Trump. We've made that very, very clear on this show. But what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, is right and wrong. And her doing this, trying to get dirt on him, this is just dirty politics.
0: I think it just goes to show, too, Corey, that she knew she knew she had a solid chance to lose that lose that election which the, the the thing that makes it even more sad is that she still I still don't think she understands how much of that loss was her and her campaign's fault you are oh you
1: mean just calling half Americans deplorables you you running
0: ran, a milk toast campaign you ran a shit campaign at a time when that wasn't possible now here's the difference this uh I've, in 2022 and possibly in 2024 republicans can probably run that milk toast campaign Corey. i don't think they need to run on a lot they just need to run on is that why they don't they get they get, isn't that what they're running on is nothing yeah they're running on nothing <laughs> they're running on nothing but here's the thing it's going to work it's going it's going to going work to. that's how big of a disaster This administration has been a a administration before anybody freaks the fuck out at me that, by the way, I fucking voted for. So before you give me shit for shitting on the Biden administration, just remember, I voted for the motherfucker and I'll say it a thousand times over. Yeah, Corey didn't,
1: though i didn't (laughs) i voted third party and it just it goes it just it just is hilarious to me that like in 2016 when i voted third party and trump won people on the left were like i can't believe you it's your fault and then in 2020 when i voted third party people on the right said i can't believe you (laughs) you can't (laughs) my favorite was is like when they were still like especially because the 2020 campaign it took forever to get the votes in that like I I walked up to the people at work who are on the, r- the the right side and uh you saw them sitting there and they, they kinda look a little ghost faced, like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't I don't know. This this is insane. And I walked is it, up to him. Is it
0: like is it- I walked
1: up to him, I was like, Oh man, I don't know guys, but I don't think my candidate is gonna win.
0: <laughs> it's not looking good. You know what's so funny too about that? We're just waxing poetic about the 2020 or twenty twenty election. I, I thought the writing was on the wall that Biden was going to win it a lot earlier than anybody wanted to admit.
1: You know, I could text the person for confirmation. Just because I called of the late that vote. in 2018. Because of the late vote. I called Biden winning in 2018. I was over at a friend's house. Now, this was before when Biden was kind of in the shadows before he was like super dementia ridden and stuff like that. But like. I laid it out next time I was I was like Trump is toxic he tapped out his base he's not actually campaigning to gain people he's just hardening
0: his base Although like Although he did grow with uh Hispanics particularly.
1: Yeah, I, you know, but like we're getting young voters every single day. I called Michigan going blue. I was like we gained 1.2 million more uh voters from 2016 to 2020 in Michigan and they're all young. If they show up, Michigan is going blue. And like young people typically vote left but they're unreliable now if they show up democrats almost always win because of the young vote and
0: which is why they suck in the midterms because young people don't show up no one shows
1: up to midterms exactly but uh yeah so i called michigan going blue in 2020 and i called biden winning the the, uh the campaign and my friend laughed at me
0: is he a bernie guy
1: no no he he likes trump he does he's he's conservative oh
0: okay i didn't yeah, just really, really good friend,
1: you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, he he kind of laughed to me. I was like, nah, like he's just he's this moderate, this moderate milk toast guy. That's what people are gonna want, you know. And I was right. And, and you, it's funny because I even though him the other day, even though actually, and I'll, I was I'll, like, do you remember me calling that? I'm like, i i I told him I'm like I think I'm a fucking uh, psychic. And he goes, well, you better psychic your ass into getting me to win the lottery, you fucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, and uh, I think, so like, I'll say it now, you know, I think that Whitmer is going to win Michigan. I think Michigan is pretty secure in what we have. It's going to stay purple, but the Republicans aren't really pushing anyone here. What have we got? Tudor Dixon, not, the one governor who's all about Trump.
0: Not yet. I think, th- I think they're going to push for some house seats.
1: But, but we already have a Republican house.
0: No, no, I'm not talking about the state. house. I'm talking about, I'm talking about federal. I'm talking about.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they gotta push his for face? they gotta push
0: for some out seats.
1: The boy you don't like, Gary
0: Gary Peters? He's, yeah, a, he's, he's like, a senator. Yeah. He's a senator.
1: He might have his seat. Who's the other one? We have Gary Peters and, and Debbie Stabenow. Uh who? Debbie Stabenow. Yeah, but he's Debbie Stabenow. They're both probably pretty secure. They've been well uh Peters
0: isn't up for re election this year. I can't remember if uh Stabenow is or not. I'd have to yeah, look.
1: They, they kinda alternate.
0: Yeah, well it's every six years in the Senate. It's every two years in the house.
1: Okay. Stabenow got reelected in 18,
0: right? Or four years in the house. Maybe. I'm not sure. We should know these things. This is like eighth grade civics and we've completely forgotten. <laughs> this is eighth grade civics.
1: <laughs> you know, I can name our senators, but I can't name our, uh, I, it's, I'm it's escaping uh, me, Our representatives.
0: I mean, I think our district is Alyssa Slotkin, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, you might be right. Should we move on to AOC? I want to give this girl some props.
0: Speaking of house seats.
1: Speaking of house seats, so we've dog shit on AOC quite a bit here because she's fallen into the fold of the whole identity politics and stuff. But this girl still gets shit done um, right now. uh, You know, there's a mantra in D.C. that like bills die in committees. And so bills, a lot of times they'll go to a committee versus going to the house floor. And then the committee decides on whether or not they should. It's even worth its salt to go to the house floor.
0: Two years in the house, there was by a, the way. Two years in the What'd House. What'd you say? Two, I, I knew I got that right. Two years in the House. Okay. Two year terms.
1: And so we, uh, so AOC, so right now there's a bunch of stuff going on with the Stock Act. We're talking about making nixing uh, stock uh, from senators or people in Congress from trading, you know, stocks because they obviously get <laughs> a big advantage on insider trading. You know, the House, like, what, what, say that again?
0: I didn't say anything, Corey.
1: Oh, I heard a little bit of feedback then, I guess. What are you, hi? Uh, no, I do that after.
0: I was going to say, not yet.
1: Not yet. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so uh, Nancy Pelosi recently, when they were asking, should uh, people in the house stop buying stocks and stuff like that, because it creates a very apparent conflict of interest. She goes, well, no, it's the free market. <laughs> well then all of a sudden a bunch of republicans came out and go yeah no we're down to do that so then a bunch of democrats jumped on they're like well yeah obviously we're down to do that too and so a bunch of these bills went to the committees now like i said a second ago committees are known to kill bills to make it to the house well aoc came in rattled her rattled her progressive stick like she's fucking supposed to that we've all been cheering for her when she first got elected Yay and get go, a, a petition signed to discharge the bills to bring them to the floor for conversation and now that's what a true progressive does fuck the identity politics AOC you did a really good job with this because now all of these conversations are going to be out in the open and on public access television we're going to get sound bites from them we're going to be able to actually see this shit happening versus it being hidden in a committee in the basement of the capitol building So I wanted to give her some major props on that. We dog shit on her when she wore her eat the rich shirt or tax the rich dress or whatever. Right. Yeah. With the elites. We dog shit on her when she voted for to give Israel more missiles.
0: And we were like, what the hell is happening to our progressive friend? Because she ultimately cucks out. She always, almost always ultimately cucks out to the Democratic establishment. And she didn't do that this time. She
1: didn't do that this time. Right, and good for her. I think, you know, honestly... You know what I want to do? I want to start calling all these people a friend of the show.
0: <laughs> like AOC, yeah, whoever yeah. we talk friend about. Because,
1: like, yeah, AOC is a friend of the show. And just because, like, there might be that if small change Dude. she calls us out and goes, I have no idea who these people are, but it gives us free clout.
0: The issue with AOC is she's just another person where Trump broke her brain. You know, because she, she's all on board with that existential threat thing of, you know... Republicans, Trump. Republicans, PDS, are, man, yep. Republicans. I can't believe I fell for that. Republicans shit. are going to kill the country. Like she's, she's, she has been compromised in that way in the identity politics arena. However, with this, when it comes to uh, members of Congress being able to involve themselves in stock trading. It's not really an identity politics issue. It's just like the American people can see that exactly for what it is regardless of whether you're on the right or the left. I don't think there's anybody even even to the extremes that are that is an average everyday, you know, working American that would look at that and go, "Oh yeah, I think it's cool that they're insider trading." Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just right. it's, it's something that that is so bipartisan even within the extremes of the way American politics goes today.
1: And that's just yeah and that goes to the narrative like you know I mentioned that in my monologue when I was like how are people divisive about this idea that BLM is fighting for liberty and justice for all when we all literally pledge this every day in schools? Because the narrative. Yeah. We have more in common than we have not guys. But you know
0: we Quit all, falling for this shit. We we always fall for the shit.
1: I know. We literally were just talking about how we are like we literally strive to not.
0: And I gave you an example of earlier this week. Earlier I gave you an show, example too. Yeah, where, yeah, where exactly. I felt yeah. where I fell yeah. for it. Yeah. Corey had to talk me off the ledge. He's like, no, it's not that crazy with the vaccine thing. I was like, and, jump and organ transplants. Pussy. <laughs> 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 you want to finish the show off with some Facebook funnies, Corey? We're getting a little long in the tooth here. Oh uh, Yeah, we let's, can do that. Let's end it with something funny, because this is fantastic. If you want to talk about textbook projection, listen to what this young man had to say to... Well, Corey was the one operating the Libservative page at this time. So Corey was the one engaging in this conversation, just in case anybody wants to know. But this is just textbook projection.
1: Yeah. So it goes back to the, the actual the truckers thing. And there was this post that talked about how it was cheering on the fact that people were getting arrested and incarcerated uh, during the COVID protests over there in, uh, in Canada. And it was like, it was like like this. And uh, if you also cheer on the fact that these people are getting arrested. And so I commented, you're cheering the incarceration of free citizens, exercising their rights. There's tons from the minority communities out there as well. This makes it easier to put a stop to a protest the next time movements you believe in happen. Why are you cheering this on? And then this person, I'm gonna call him Old Sport, (laughs) because he didn't like that when I called him that. (laughs) He goes, "They're domestic terrorists at this point." Oh my god! Stop moaning and crying in complicit mode. No one likes an extremist terrorist apologizer. Like no one. (laughs) See, I helped you. Good. Good then. You're welcome. And so I just responded, you're falling for a narrative when you are calling people who are exercising the same rights we used two years ago in the global BLM movement. Laming people as terrorists only takes their rights away and makes it easier to label you or I the same next time we want to protest over what we see as injustice. Look at how we treat terrorists in America. You want to propagate that? There are countless minority communities that have been harmed the most from these mandates and nobody is talking about that instead they're painting them in with a few fringe groups that are vastly drowned out in this global protest he goes it's not a it's not a protest when, <laughs> so when i emphasize the words it's because they're all caps just so everyone knows it's not protest when you are hurting millions of lives in the process duh that's called terrorism domestic terrorism all because of whiny, petulant, little crybaby overgrown children that are refusing to take a safe, logical, benevolent, tiny little shot. As far Jesus. as you're trying to compare a bunch of whiny, moany adults throwing it, throwing fits over having to be proactive about public health to what, to what minorities go through and how they're affected by crassness and overrule of supremacist allegiances... And that's clearly your own misunderstanding and illogical excuses to try to rationalize your irresponsible decision to support terrorists. Good day.
0: So let me stop you real quick. Let me stop you real quick. I, I, I called this absolutely classic projection. He accused you of doing exactly what he does, which is, quote unquote, making excuses to rationalize how one thing is just like the other and one thing's not like the other.
1: Right, which me, I'm coming from a place of unity and freedom, and I've never seen censorship be on the right side of history.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: And so then he, so then uh, he said that. So then, like, I was like, okay, well, I'm just barking up a tree. This is just a waste of my time. <laughs> but it's, but it's. So fun I sometimes. said, you don't seem ready for this conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have a good day. And then so he says. Okay. Message received from the president of Blood American fascist bootlick dingus soldiership fake news net government complicit Duh.com. dot com. How long do you hashtag think it took? Weak him to- rebuttal. Hashtag not a rebel. Just like all of the others. Just like
0: you. How long do you think it took him to write that? How long do you think it took him to like thesaurus all of those words? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> and so then I said, smooth. Our podcast says otherwise, but you'd have to listen for yourself. Winky face.
0: Oh, here we go. Now it's where it gets. And then fun. he goes,
1: "I said like it would take you two seconds of looking at our profile. This is on Instagram to see your assumptions are wrong." But I digress. And then she goes, "Your profile and podcast." Ha ha ha. <laughs> So you digress, <laughs> laugh face, laugh face, laugh face. The egregiously displayed obstinacy to public health and concern for others is absurd and based on your rogan ass <laughs> claims on your little old podcast, laugh face, laugh face, laugh face. This is too great. So you're so bent and disturbingly devoid of factual observation and rationality that your best rebuttal attempt is to tell me to listen to your propaganda slinging podcast <laughs> and randomly derived talk on your profile? Laugh face, laugh face, laugh face. Explanation point, question mark, explanation point. Dude, I'm just amused by folks that delve themselves so deeply into their own unhinged narcissistic defiance to giving a
0: shit about other people.
1: <laughs> that they literally feel adequately justified in the delusions because they happen to have a freaking podcast in their own misinformed literature on a social network profile. Laugh face, laugh face, laugh face. That Get guy, grip. that Mask guy up. or girl. Facts up. Protect our medics! Protect our teachers! Protect our children! Duh! Thanks! Kay. bye!
0: That guy or girl. And then
1: he goes, a page full of ridiculous memes that support the mask you attempt to wear as a covert conservative. I- Classic! I've seen it all. Stop posting. You're a conservative trying to slide into the view under the guise of a middle grounder? Laugh face, laugh face, laugh face, laugh face, laugh face, laugh face. Oh, Clearly, an angry misinformation tripping Republican trying to leak your agenda into public eyes by way of posing as a liberal.
0: Ha, 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 ha. So, as I
1: said, absurd. Laugh face, laugh face, Even laugh though, face, even though, face.
0: even though, if he, if he, if he took even two seconds, he would realize that neither of us have ever voted for a Republican in our lives. I don't I Literally,
1: they like, when, when this was happening, it was literally like a Bernie tweet I shared on the page. <laughs> Everyone needs to pay their fair share And then he goes uh, So as I said, absurd Laugh face, laugh face, laugh face Stay on your red pages and Putin servility pages And then he goes I'm smarter Way, not sorry Hashtag care about public health Hashtag duh, hashtag mask up Hashtag facts up If not, then stay home and stop crying Good day This person And then he, he just keeps
0: going You don't need to keep going. I think people get the idea of what this person is. This is this is somebody that literally spends sixteen hours a day on social media. Has to, yeah. And so, what the funniest thing is is like I fell asleep.
1: You know, I I go (laughs) on there. I I go on there. I comment on things, and I fall asleep, and then I woke up to like more of this going on with more laugh faces and him trying to say that we're some covert (laughs) site. conservative thing when i woke as i woke up and i saw that and i was like oh my god and i said what a glorious echo chambered rant to wake up to thank you
0: <laughs> oh and then he goes i hold on let me let me predict what he says i know you told me but i think i know where this where this goes he goes uh, oh echo chamber haha ha, just another word that's used to explain away your bullshit am i am yeah, i, am like I on the right track
1: when I realized that this guy is doing what he is, you know, that's when I was like, I'm just gonna keep pushing the podcast because someone's gonna read this and get a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, should probably listen to the podcast to get out of that echo chamber and join the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> he goes the very term echo chamber in itself is the epit- epitome of a go-to cliche for anti-vaxxers. Just admit you're attempting to use an anti-public health profit to view an opinion and accelerate your fan base and build some attention points, which in all actuality makes everyone makes everyone and anyone see your true colors of, and failed character as a human being. <laughs> Are you going to carry on here all day because you obviously feel exposed and insecure about your angry spat <laughs> shield due to being proudly careless about others and medics? teachers public servants etc etc are you just going to accept that your science is a sham and attempt to increase attention and traffic to your silly little gripe fest podcast our science <laughs> is beyond obnoxious now stop spreading your lies and global public about your supposed rights you do remember that you said your original rebuttal was about initially right <laughs> about the term terrorism and supposedly trying to protect people of color eh no one is buying what do you say? No one is buying it. Your entire agenda is exposed. Do I need to continue to expose it? Do I? Do I? Do I? Do I? Or is this just a thing that you can't stand about me because I'm supposed to be a double sports collector? <laughs> Whatever, this is nonsense. Just like your repetitive anti-vax phrases and whiny podcasts filled with paranoia claims to suit your self-righteous agenda. Like I said so many times before, do better, actually care about other people. Just leave me the hell alone. I'm not sorry that your pride is damaged because I exposed you. <laughs> Well, done. not at all. Good day. You
0: got us. He exposed us, Corey.
1: And so I said, So you obviously didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Also, don't beat yourself up calling yourself a dumb old sports collector. That's a pretty cool hobby. Also, all your assumptions are way off. Don't believe me? Go ahead and listen to the Lipservative podcast. <laughs> because if you've listened, You'd realize we're pro-vaccine. And
0: the thing, yeah, the thing that's great. Yeah, pro-vaccine, anti-mandate. It's not really a hard concept to get to get behind. It's, the thing that's great. At first, I was like, "Is this like a bot? Is this like a Russian bot?" There's no fucking way. There's no they way. They would not this much time. No, no way. There's no way they would have. They would have left us alone after after a second. This this person.
1: So then I just kept responding saying, What you're saying, your assumptions are off. You should probably and I just kept telling him, listen to the podcast, you know, follow our pages. You'll see that, like, sometimes you might disagree, sometimes you might agree. And then he just kept going off and off and off. And then every time he'd go off, I'd explain, like, hey, you know, you keep saying bye to me and to leave you alone, but you're on my comment thread on a different post. You can walk away, even though I discourage it because every interaction we have shakes up the algorithms and it's going to bring more people to the show. So thank you. And he just kept going off and off and off and off. And it was like, mm-hmm. dude, again, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for this. You know? And then he finally stopped actually yesterday.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. This went on for like four days. Holy dude. shit. I didn't realize it went on that long.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it just kept going and going. So I just kept thanking him for keeping the interaction going to shake up the algorithms.
0: <laughs> laugh face, laugh face, laugh face.
1: Dude, the guy, yeah. <laughs> brainworms, identity politic brainworms, man. Thanks, old sport, for giving us a laugh. I even told him one of the comments. I'm like, dude, you are giving me great contact, <laughs> contact to bring up on the show. Yeah, so please talk- keep
0: going. We've been talking about this for like 10 minutes. This guy's fantastic. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to have him on the show. <laughs> Since, you know, we're, we're pro-Trump people, obviously, according to that guy.
1: Right. And we- But you, Dakota is way more interesting than this guy.
0: I can already guarantee you that because we've already <laughs> talked to him <laughs> dude i'm glad he followed us
1: i would like to reach out to him and have him on the show more often
0: absolutely until just have you
1: know. just uh, just another person who's just following politics as like a
0: little bit of a hobby and not being super into it he can teach us some stuff we could teach him some stuff yeah i'm down to learn some german i did but i think that's uh
1: remember. that wraps up everything that
0: yeah where, we had on where can the people find us Corey Walls?
1: All right, Libservative Podcast. You can find us on Libservative Pod at Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Libservative on Facebook. Our g- email, if you want to reach out to us directly, which is what Dakota actually did that we brought him on the show with, is LibservativePod at gmail.com. If you want to put our monologues that we say in every show, me and Dan switch back and forth, uh, they're at LibservativePodcast at WordPress.com. Go ahead and subscribe. We put stuff on there. Uh, we're on Twitter at Libservativepod. We are on a bunch of different. Uh, we're on Twitch at Libservant Pod. We are on YouTube. Like, follow, share wherever you're. You are the most. Give us some ratings. Get us those five uh, five star views that will uh, up our podcast so other people can listen to it and they can join in the conversation as well. Because what we're here to do is just break the narrative and try to make thinking sexy again. And if you really like what you hear on the show and you want to tell your friend about it, just tell them where you heard it and invite them on. And we will uh, all navigate through this fucking whirlwind together.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. Until next time, he's Corey Walsh.
1: He is Dan Griffin.
0: This has been Libservative, and we are out of here. McKay.